roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water, let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker. Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From full grown adults who should probably know better. From full grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. Or the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com. Follow us on Facebook at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. We're also on Twitter. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Ulon Sputter Sputnik. Tardis Kitty, Miss Cappy. Lord President Sen. Greetings, hooligans. Hope life is treating you kindly. It's been a wee while, but RL pressures, you know. Welcome to another 30 minutes of us intermittently nitpicking about the historical output of the BBC. This time we're going back to mid-February 1982 and to the 17th century bigard. Sandwiched between Kinder and Black Orchid in Peter Davison's first season, The Visitation. A period tale of plague, goings on in the country, asteroids, yokels of pitchforks, criminal lizard fish alien things, and, in the final few minutes, the Great Fire of London, Waterhouse, Sutton and Fielding, directed by Peter Moffat, Five Doctors, Two Doctors and Stuff with Vets, and written by Eric Saywood, uh, Resurrection, Revelation and Jury Service on Trial of a Time Lord. Four episodes totaling 100 minutes, produced by John Nathan Turner, and it's that strange and unfulfilling Whovian middle ground just before everybody else tuned out. Tabitha, would you please explain, as only you can, our rating system? Oh, yes, yes. We rate each episode that we review as if it were a prostitute or a gigolo from the 1970s, yeah. pretty much. We start low with the free BJ, then skip up to $5, $10, $20, and then finish high with the big $50 at the top. Beautifully done. Nice and short. Because she got oh. it Right first. first time. <laughs> well, I know we don't pontificate in this section, so I'm going to give it a flat five and elaborate later. Yeah, I'm looking at a five. Maybe I'd give her a homemade fairy cake as well, but that is all. Oh my God, that's the most future review I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a fiver as well. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm thinking 10 with a tip. I don't know. Uh, power packs and a pork pie. I'm not putting any effort in. And I might even wipe my knob on the curtains before I leave. <laughs> no, seriously, this is a lot less shit than your average Davison, put it that way. I think this is saved by the supporting cast, but not the companions. Well, you pretty much just said it right there. If you eliminated Tegan and Adric from all four episodes completely, 
from this program. Yes, but we're yeah. not we're not reviewing Doctor Who as a whole today. We're just reviewing the visitation. <laughs> this is a twenty. This is good classic Who with the problems we saw in eighties Who and really we saw in eighties television in general. I mean, just you know, some campy overacting and things like that. Mm. But to me, this story is a twenty with a solid performance from a supporting cast from Peter Davison and from Nissa, all of which I really enjoyed. And I just prayed for the plague to take Tegan and Adric quickly <laughs> and get it over with because that goes so beyond free BJ. I'm willing to wear a chastity cage when they enter the room kind of bad. I mean, oh my God, just utter drivel every time they open their mouths. It's so bad on every level. Oh my God. You know, I got into probably about halfway through the second episode and I tried to like create this wall in my brain where I excluded everything from those two. And I actually kind of enjoyed everything else. Nissa was brilliant. She's the youngest of the companions mm. and the, young, the youngest companion we've had for a while. And she went off on her own and built a complex technical device. She took out one of the baddies in the process. You know, she was, I thought, a well-played, young, smart companion. I loved Mace, overacted, but he was still fun. Mm. He was still entertaining, at least. Oh, God, Adric and Tegan, just total drivel. I, I couldn't enjoy the episode as a whole. I had to put on a reviewer's hat and exclude a couple of characters from my brain to enjoy. It was shit with them in it, though. So badly written. And, you know, I'd love to fault the acting, but when you're given drivel, what are you going to do? I mean, there's just not much you can do besides... Add it around it and call it a podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much all I have on it. Half historical, half sci-fi. It, it, was, it was an interesting dip into a historical event. I'm not a huge fan of historical stories that choose to explain events with a sci-fi twist. I liked the pure historicals of the Hartnell era where they were simply observers to events, and the only science fiction aspect to it was them. That was it. I like that premise. That being said, I also like a sci-fi story where the fate of the universe doesn't hang in the balance. This inept ragtag bunch crashed. They thought they were going to take over the world because they literally fell onto a backwards planet, but they were never competent enough to pull it off, and they were stopped easily by what's arguably the most shit TARDIS crew we've ever seen. <laughs> In classical, very possibly. Yes, yeah, I agree. So I kind of like that it didn't have universe-ending stakes. You can't always up the ante and just going back, stopping some aliens from fucking up history. I like that. It was cool. The premise was good, but God, Hedrick and Tegan. Yeah, I was optimistic at the beginning. I thought that it all got off to quite a good start, you know, like mysterious lights in the sky, requisite heavy breathing, and a dead servant. You can't go wrong. The Marie Celeste shot with the overturned chair is suitably sinister shorthand for what happened, and I thought that worked nicely too. I'd even extend my goodwill to the first sight of that papier-mâché face disco robot thingy. I mean, that was excellent. It looks pretty great for the era, and you know I can never resist the sequin. Um, I wasn't quite so much here for the leafy tortoise alien, but I guess they did an alright job 
job considering the technological and budgetary restraints of the time. By leafy tortoise alien, you mean the pterodactyls? That's the badger, yes. Right, right. Yeah, Adric at the start getting a bollocking, always hilarious. Not that he ever seems remotely chastened, git that he is. See, I didn't <laughs> mind Tegan so much as she did what Tegan does, you know, a good line in high-pitched hysteria. And mm. I found Nissa like about as dull as a female peacock as per usual so I guess I had the opposite kind of response to San there but watching the doctor beating up an unsuspecting villager that was hot I enjoyed that immensely and Mace the swash swash buckling stranger that's hard to say he rescued them I thought he played a good part really with his hat sweeping his vocab yeah the ex, and... the ex thespian sort of yeah like ah, it yeah. did delight me I know that the doctor is viewed by some as a bit lawful good and boring but I actually thought he was kind of dynamic here and being decisive and taking the lead happily and pretty well in control. The villagers I had to say the acting was mm, pretty hammy but I thought the acting of the principal characters made up for it but overall it was just kind of slow and kind of beige and after the beginning it all sort of fell away for me and became a bit too ploddy for me to take too much pleasure in it really which was a shame and yeah I, I wasn't a huge fan of the whole great fire of London shoved in at the end yeah that didn't really work for me but yeah it started well but fell away so that's me I'm afraid this was a poor story and it could have been reduced to one hour. It was just way too long, way too meaningless going back and forth. I'll agree with Sen on everything that Sen said. You know, get rid of screamy girl and boring kid or repulsive kid. I don't know. <laughs> the doctor was okay. Thespian dude was fine. He was more entertaining than anything on the screen, actually. The monster was just hideous in the way that you don't want the monster to be hideous in the sense that that he was a poor-looking monster. He looked like he was like some kind of leftover thing from the 40s that they found stuffed in a closet that was falling apart. Well, you know what? We'll just say that his face was damaged. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I I was just looking at that thing. It even looks dusty. I'm like, what? Did they not yeah. even have Windex? Couldn't they have just cleaned it off with some multi-surface cleaner? To be um, fair, I've seen the Terraleptal costumes at the Doctor Who exhibition in Blackpool and in Langothlin, and they're fucking amazing. I mean, for the time, that level of animatronics was staggering on British television. What animatronics? What are you talking about? Its fucking mouth moved, it blinked, it snarled, it did oh, stuff like that, yeah. you know? That was new, new for TV. New, new, new. Okay, fine. Whatever. There was technical stuff in there that... I didn't care about because it just looked like crap and the storyline was bad and the character was poor I'm just sitting here whining and complaining I, I'm just gonna stop <laughs> I didn't like it and I don't want to bore people with this negative review I just yeah you know that's what they come here for right <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a bad episode and I would tell people to avoid it. It was a waste of time. All right. Well, you're all fucking insane. Okay. <laughs> I think it's slightly annoying, but very welcome that the Wheel of Who keeps choosing Davidsons that aren't totally monumentally shit, which is statistically improbable, let's face it. <laughs> this is mostly an adequate or even a nice little story. It's still a bit of a yawn fest and nice don't win no awards, but this is okay. 
It's a good enough little romp and mostly cracks along thanks to the supporting characters. Uh, Except for the whole episode where Nissa drags a fucking box out of her bedroom for 25 fucking minutes. (laughs) Okay, it's a little overdone, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it could easily get away with being a two-parter and losing all the stuff with the shit locals and the standard Davidson mistaken identity and wrongful arrest bollocks. There was a lot of running around missing each other. If Adric had just stayed fucking still, it would have saved 20 minutes of fucking about <laughs> yeah. you're absolutely right yeah. tegan tegan is extra fucking annoying in this one i need to get back to my flight i i've totally forgotten oh. the to turn my auntie into a fucking voodoo doll of herself and it's all about me 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 she's like nagatha christie oh that's lovely thank you well done <laughs> I, I just kick her out of the fucking door at the next black hole wind your way out of a fucking gravity vortex you have whinging mole couldn't you just blame the writers for that? I mean, because they, they did that every single story with Tegan. Oh, they're not getting off with this. They're not getting off with this at all. Big problem, I think, is the balance of characters. Nissa gets to do some technical stuff. But to be honest, I can't remember what or why. We do get to see a bedroom, which is apparently within spitting distance of the console room, which must be annoying trying to get to sleep with that fucking hum. Some kind of EMP pulse to knock out the robot that seemed to cause a weak, wobbly cinematic effect. I have no fucking idea. I didn't care. It was all apparently critical to the plot. And now I couldn't tell you why. Adric is super fucking tiresome. And yes, you're right. He's probably written to be super fucking tiresome. But I wish he'd fucking died in the fire at the end. He absolutely (laughs) contributed nothing positive to this episode. And you're right. It's the writing at all. And he was probably the start of his character going to lay master rat shit. I think he does pull it back a tiny bit in Black Orchid. But again, maybe roast into glasses. Maybe a bit, but it doesn't fucking last. The TARDIS was overstuffed. You know, and you've got a right for so many characters, as you say. I do like Period Who. And there was this. Then there was Black Orchid. So this was actually a good time. And probably, oddly for me, Davison's strongest season. It probably warranted just a wee bit more time in the capital to see the whole London thing. But Pudding Lane, at the time... This was released on television was a fucking nice reveal and i remember loving it in a we did this in school and i know what's going on kind of way though the doctor doesn't seem all that fucking fuss that he's caused a fire that flattened what was it 87 parish churches thirteen thousand two hundred houses st paul's cathedral thousands of people and caused peeps to lose his parmesan hartnell wasn't all that bothered when rome burnt to be fair so at least it's in character maybe it's one of those convenient fixed points in time that's all the fucking rage these days i don't know i thought the pteroleptals are fantastic and one of my all-time favorite costumes i mean fucking cutting edge animatronics and really great for the time the burn thing on the face of the leader does make it look like they fucked it up getting it out of the mold somehow yeah mm-hmm. but great suits fucking average villains great suits and the android is really nice until you get to see it then it goes from sort of plague doctor grim reaper cool to some sort of bejazzled 80s bloke in oversized sorovsky underpants love it i hated that (laughs) robot it was like came out of the disco you know just horrible (laughs) studio 54 and the backstory's all right i think they get away with that you know the whole them being criminals and all that and it seems to fit though it wasn't really important enough to warrant the exposition they could have just have effectively run out of fuel or got their ship damaged in an asteroid field nobody really cared i certainly didn't you know if we would have seen more of the pteroleptals later like their homeworld, and discovered that they were a cultural peace-loving race then that would have made a lot of sense but that was wasted exposition like you said because there was no reference point before Mm. or after 
Mm-hmm. You know, take us there. Right. Take us to the homeworld. Show us their culture and show the beautiful aesthetic they had with the androids. Show us a planet full of that. I know it wouldn't have looked great back then, but they tried more adventurous stuff and got away with it. So mm. I think I cared about the pteroleptals a little more than I cared about the locals and all the fucking half-assed <laughs> pitchfork rebellion <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. The whole finding the crashed ship, that was all pretty fucking pointless too. I'm not sure why we, that was needed. The control devices thing, Bad Tegan is not as hot as Bad Liz, or even Bad Brig from Inferno, to be honest. You know what I mean? Mm. It's all just so pointless. <laughs> Bad Tegan. <laughs> This was good in a sort of it's better than a lot of Davison's way. It's okay otherwise. A big highlight for me well, was Richard Mace, the thespian turned high woman, and he's pretty much the companion in this one, while Tegan's yeah. off being annoying and Nissa's being brainy and Adric's being annoying and brainy, making him doubly fucking pointless. Mm-hmm. I think Mace is one of those companions who never were, like Duggan or uh, D84 or what's her name in Stones of Blood, Amelia Rumford, and like Ray from Delta and the Bannerman, you know, one of those that could have been. There was a sort of side who thing where he was a sort of actor manager and got involved in other mysteries and stuff from some radio plays that Eric Sayward did that were on Radio 4. I remember listening to one of them. This is before Visitation was actually on telly. I remember getting to listen to one of them or a chunk of one of them, uh, but it never really gripped me. I was quite young. I think he fit really well and he was a nice balance between things being cautious and accepting things. You know, he he had a sort of good place. It was, when the doctor showed him stuff, he, he just had enough now is to just sort of crack on with the plot and not get in the way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. He, he, he was played by Michael Roberts, by the way, who's from On the Buses and Avengers. Again, that's something Fuchsia would have got very excited about. Nice bit of casting. Mace is such fun. I, I think he's a total keeper. I must do a custom figure of him, actually, at some point. The Doctor just suggests the most fucking vanilla and lame way out of this problem, taking them off the planet. But the Terraleptals are so bored by the conversations, he gets shot in the Sonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a shock I, I remember as a kid and still is a little bit and one thing I actually liked about number five was he was mostly you know went without dare sex dildo in his pocket so to speak uh, I like the Sonic as much as the next bloke don't get me wrong but it's been overused since mid tenant and I'm fucking sick to oh, shit of it. Yeah. we even got oh, I know. the pathetic fucking window of Sonic shades and all that kind of stuff just fuck off yeah um, I give Davidson's Doctor a hard time I know I do but this era is one of the ones which isn't on the whole particularly well written and suffers a certain late 80s-ness as you say of 80s design and kind of ill-fitting music he was overdressed it's a weird thing to say but compared to the other doctors before him and the story's pretty dark on the whole which is usually okay but the doctor tends to sort of be at the mercy of events he sort of begs people not to kill each other then everyone seems to to end in everyone getting wiped out you know no one really yeah. learns anything and sometimes the violence is quite left field and quite shocking yeah. as, as we always say there's far too many fucking companions and they're not used very well and they've got overlapping skill sets and really the scripts don't seem that interested in the doctor and do really very little to develop him as a character actually that's not fair Davidson he's sort of at the mercy of all this and it's not down to his performance or the way he carries the character. 
one thing this doctor has in abundance is he cares for his companions mm. and i think that's really great and and it's something i'm i'm really seeing this time round and with davison's characterization or what's written as a pretty two-dimensional part that's sort of what's keeping me going through this era when i have to watch them again i didn't buy this one i'm afraid so i've no idea about the extras on the dvd i'm away from home right now looking after my dad so i've took out a brit box subscription which is free for the first month by the way and like tv fucking cracker once you get started yeah <laughs> that's great yeah it's a bit sad, I think, really, that streaming movies and TV uh, has kind of put pay to the art of the audio track and production captions. And that's a big thing I enjoy about my Doctor Who DVDs. It is possible to watch back-to-back Hartnells while you're working, apparently. I think Visitation is one I'll probably pick up on DVD. Half-decent Davison's, I think, are collector's items in themselves. Um, <laughs> all in all, yeah, I'm still going to stick with it. A, a fair 10 with a decent pork pie. I just wanted to add to what you were saying about Davison's Doctor he does seem really passive he's a victim of everything that happens he doesn't really like stand up and say okay i'm going to take charge he just doesn't do that some of his most memorable moments are him standing in a room full of bodies going oh well that didn't work out (laughs) yeah it's true you know i think he did very well when he had one companion and he was playing caretaker slash teacher yeah. Um, he made a fantastic father figure, which is ironic being the youngest doctor up until that point. Yeah. But, you know, I talk about how I liked him so much at the end when he was with only Turlow or only Perry. And I looked at some of the scenes in the visitation and he did really well with just Nyssa. Mm. Yeah. He plays that, I'm going to teach you how to be a strong person very well. Very well. Yeah. I actually think Nyssa was probably his best companion. Uh, Nyssa? Certainly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Certainly yeah. the one that, and it's Davison's favorite. Um, yes. Heard, you know, sure so. Yeah. yeah. Um, On many levels. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty shallow fucking pool to choose from back then, though. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> you know, we, there weren't many Leelas around this time. No. Tegan annoys me more now than she used to. I remember when I was younger being annoyed by inconsistent writing and acting from her. But now as I'm older, anyone who doesn't marvel at the opportunity she was given, even stumbling into it, fuck off. Yeah, you know, nowadays the companions marvel, even retrospectively when we go back to Sarah Jane. That's a big thing about her. She says, I marveled. Yes, yeah, I know. That was brilliant. She is brilliant, Sarah Jane. Yes, yes. So what's next, Chief? Uh, Time Lords, Sheedy, Felines. Shall we find out what we're going to do next? Yes. I hope we don't get another fucking Adric episode. I'd rather fucking shit in my hands and clap than do another Adric episode. (laughs) Time to spin the Wheel of Who. Well, it's 1979, actually. More of a table wine, shall we say. <laughs> City of Death. Ah. Tom and Lala having a sneaky holly bobs in a shag in Paris. They're not even acting in that one. They're not they? even acting. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's skip across the road hand in hand. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> What a fucking episode. Uh, 1979, for sure. That's There's so amazing. many good episodes we've not done because the fucking Wheeler Who just keeps throwing shit at us. That has a good villain, good side character. Proper time travel, so a great supporting a good... character, Romana and Tom. 
fucking yeah. Atlas Finest, Atlas <laughs> Finest. Oh, they are, though. They're so fucking in love. And he loves her. Every time he looks at her, he just oozes love for her. Yeah. Strange little sprout-faced fucking creature that she is. Oh, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. She must look like a child on Tom. It's horrible. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> quotes. Quotes, you fuckers. Quotes. No. Terralepta leader, you are being a very stupid woman. Tegan, that isn't a very original observation. That pretty much sums up the era with her, doesn't it? The thing about Tegan is that she could deliver the whining in a different way. I don't know. It just could be a change in delivery. Egg. Yes, also. <laughs> that would relieve the tediousness. She's always the same. Tabby, quote. Am I up? Oh, Mace. You must know, sir, that the nobility will not take kindly to being knocked up and questioned about the contents of their barns. It is a short way to us all being horsewhipped. And I have a particularly sensitive skin, sir. She's fucking great, Mace. He's so good. <laughs> he was brilliant. I love the fact he is so thespian, such a man of the road. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Love Mace. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I've got, I, I would have if Mace wasn't in this, I'd have given it a fucking free BJ. He's, he's, he yeah. carried it on his shoulders. God love yeah. yeah. Terry, you got a quote? Hell no. Fuck. I'm going, the doctor goes, How do you feel now? And Tegan goes, Groggy, sore, and bad tempered. And the doctor goes, Well, almost your good self then. Right, here's raising a beverage to you out there on the bus with your headphones on or lying <laughs> in the bath looking at your tackle uh, for your ongoing support. Ugh. If you liked this bobbo, give us a like over on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you kids listen. Tell a friend, we thank you. Keep safe and keep happy. We have been the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Hope you are too. Bye. Hasta la vista. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or dirtywhoers.com. Facebook and Twitter at Dirty Hooers. See you next time. It's just fucking like little shop horrors, but it's a vagina. <laughs> Lift up your head, wash off your mascara. Here, take my Kleenex, wipe that lip. Oh, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going at the end. <laughs>